You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the writers and directors of the film Downhill, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash. Wunderbar. Thank, Thank you. you. The hand in the hair. Arms up like this. Huh? Happy family. Please look into the camera. Please what just smile. He stuck if you like in the hair. He wants poles up again. He wants us to keep doing poles up. I don't know. It's been through a lot lately. My dad passed away eight months ago. So we came here. He's still here. He's still here. You lose a parent, and the ticking gets louder. Every day is all we have. We have, yep. <sighs> Powerful. Maybe we ski the beast after lunch. Eat. I don't think I'm... it'll be that challenging. It'll be fine. Is that okay? Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> everyone you are listening to the next best picture podcast i am being joined today by writers and directors of the new film downhill academy award winners nat faxon and jim rash guys how you doing today oh very good thank you yes awesome (laughs) very well thank you yeah your film's about to uh open here it had its premiere at sundance and you know i I just recently rewatched uh force majeure the other night i actually want to start off by asking the two of you how and why uh so it's kind of a two-parter there did you guys come to the idea of remaking force majeure for american audiences well it's kind of the the sort of whole process actually started with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and, and Searchlight having discussions uh, before we even came to the table. So they were eager to work together again after uh, enough said. And, and one of the things that sort of came into their discussion, as we understand, was was uh, American take on force majeure. Uh, even Ruben, the uh, original director and writer of, of said uh, force majeure, was it, uh, curious what an American sort of version of that would be. Um, and so they sort of started that whole idea um, before we came to the table. And I think on our end of the things, you know, we hadn't seen Force Majeure, obviously. I think uh, I personally saw it uh, many years before, you know, closer to when it was first out. Um, and and there was just something intriguing, uh, although terrifying, <laughs> of taking that idea <laughs> on of a, of a movie that you uh, really love. And then sort of in discussions with them, it was just sort of like there's an interesting sort of uh, play-like quality to Force Majeure. You know, there's like this uh, quite quite literally an 11-page scene, for example, in Downhill, and it's just like these two hearts, you know, something happens, the two hearts have to sort of navigate their way hopefully back to each other. And so it feels like if you change a couple of little variables, you know, obviously they don't know you're American in, in Europe, and that adds the fish out of the water element and other things, and then also jumping into the idea of getting to work with Julia and, and subsequently then with Will Ferrell. So it all became sort of a, a larger package that seemed interesting to us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and you're also co-writing this with Jesse Armstrong. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a huge Succession fan. Uh, so what was that like uh, partnering with him to tackle this uh, this this remake? Um, it was a uh, dream, really. He's such a wonderful uh, gentleman and very talented um, and I think getting to work together, um, was really fun. You know, he, um, really did a lot of the heavy lifting early on. And then, um, he had to go back to succession, you know, writer's room season two. So at that point, Jim and I sort of, um, 
you know, took, took the reins from there. And it, you know, I think we were all sort of on the same page as far as what we wanted the film to tonally feel like and sort of, you know, straddle that, um, straddle that line between comedy and drama and, you know, really sort of be delicate with, um, not leaning too far in either direction. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was actually going to ask you guys about the balance of tone because it definitely has a much more comedic uh, tone overall than uh, the original film. And a part of that also is the addition of uh, the character uh, played by Miranda Otto in this, Charlotte. Uh, Can you talk about um, having her be a part of the story and what she was able to bring to, to the film? Yeah, we sort of, you know, uh, what was fun about having this Charlotte character and obviously Miranda's uh, came in and sort of whole take on it uh, was now that you added this sort of American couple in, in, in Austria and, you know, there's a vulnerability when you go on vacation, family vacations or, or anything, you know, where, you know, you can get tension because no one's got a, a sure footing when you're on vacation. You know, you're you're all vulnerable. No one's got any kind of power to over this domain. And so to let Austria become a character in itself and, and sort of use that Charlotte as this sort of in-your-face introduction to the world where they don't really have time to catch up, which is sort of like the whole theme of it, you know, quite literally an avalanche. Yeah. And they're just sort of spiraling. And she also subsequently, you know, because we were – um, maybe a little bit different than Force Majeure, only in the sense that, you know, we were with Julia on board, we wanted to get into her point of view, her character's point of view uh, within this. You know, I think uh, Big Force Majeure is obviously leaning heavily towards the male character and the cowardice and masculinity yeah. and the satire of that. And so we didn't want to lose that with Will, but we wanted to be able to add and make muddy it up with, with both the sides of this couple. So Charlotte became such a, a, a sort of oversexed than she is but also sort of no nonsense was great to have as sort of like something that keeps throwing ideas and thoughts into Billy's head that she needs to grapple with um, so that was sort of uh, we went down that road with her yeah the the character of Pete Staunton in this uh, version here uh, played by Will Farrell, is a little bit more dare I say pathetic uh than um the version uh, of that character that was presented in force majeure who is much more i think masculine on the outside uh but definitely more secure on the inside and i'm I'm just curious to know um was that a deliberate choice on your part to go with someone that was maybe a little bit more goofier uh for this version um and if so how did you guys arrive at will farrell you know, I think what was important to us for that role was to have somebody that um, has the sort of innate likability um, and which mm. will, you know, has in spades. And I, I think the role could easily be vilified and, um, you know, you have to sort of, we want, I think we strove to um, blur the lines a little bit of who, you know, whose side you were necessarily on, you know, obviously you don't condone his behavior, um, because, you know, you, you hope in that situation you would do the opposite, but you never truly know. But I, I think you, you know, there one there needed to be some sort of, um, humanity to the part and a empathy that you felt for this guy. And I think Will was, perfect um because he you you sort of you can't help but you know 
feel bad for him and like him and it it yeah. lessens it doesn't weight the you know the um the it doesn't tilt the balance too much in her favor you know and like jim said as far as sort of beefing up the 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 julia's part you know to to make you know her also flawed and to make those choices you know that that uh you know those poor choices about like sort of getting together with that ski instructor and you know slight infidelity and we just wanted to make sure that we were you know by the end of the movie sort of leaving the audience with the you know a question of you know sort of not necessarily whose side you were on, but you never quite know, you know, what you would do in that situation or how you would react. And the same, you know, um, when looking at either character, I guess. Yeah. I'm going to save actually a question pertaining to that for the very, very end here. Um, <laughs> but in, in sticking with the cast, actually, um, Zach Woods, I think, is cast uh, very much against type here. Um, how did you guys know that he would be great for this role in particular? I, you know... Oh no! I you know Zach was uh, was such a it, you know it's interesting because originally that um, part in our minds I think we had a we had a completely different idea of what we were looking for with that role originally I think we sure. had thought you know oh this is you know a, an avid skier a guy that probably grew up in Colorado is kind of like a mountain man you know, really is, is, you know, going out and on ski trips all the time. And, you know, Will's character is sort of envious of that. And then, you know, with Zach and Zoe, we, um, you know, based on their auditions ended up kind of flipping the entirety of the roles on its heads really and reversing them. And we made, you know, Rosie, the sort of more kind of driven, um, you know, uh, um, you know, traveler who wants to, um, you know, not have kids and to live her life a certain freely way and yeah, yeah. And freely and sort of liberated from, you know, anything, anything that's tying her down. And we may sort of switch to Zach and made him a little bit more of like kind of along for the ride, but maybe not using his voice, so to speak. Uh, and so it was really fun. I think we, we loved that it offered us sort of um, layer that we hadn't originally intended or that we hadn't really been aware of at the, at the start. And I think it made it a lot more interesting um, as opposed to something that felt maybe a little singular and narrow. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely can sense that when uh, watching it for sure. Uh, one person who is a uh, returning cast member though, from force majeure is uh, Christopher uh, Hive who, you know, has had a lot of popularity with game of Thrones and uh, fate of the furious uh, since then. Uh, we just had a curiosity. Uh, he, I think he is the only overlapping cast member uh, in the, in the American remake here. Um, how did you ultimately settle on him coming back? And what was it like uh, asking him to uh, come in for this? Well, I mean, it was, I, I, uh, credit I probably searchlight with this, this sort of throwing this idea out, you know, like, you know, what would it be like to have like a nod to force majeure? And, and obviously I think it was enticing for him because it was a character not in force majeure, you know? Um, right. Uh, and, and I, so he seemed, I mean, from what we know, gung ho from the beginning, because it, it happened pretty fast, I think. And, uh, and, you know, he, basically met him on the day, you know, that he came into <laughs> our, our, our ski place, as intimidating as it is, and then he just really seems this very jovial, uh, hilarious, and uh, fun fellow who was, like, so game for doing this. Uh, so it was kind of a, a joy. So, um, 
uh, we were lucky to have him just for that little tiny nod. I know I would be lucky enough just to stand in the presence of his beard for a few seconds. Yes, That's yes. for sure. <laughs> and it's still, yes, obviously it's still present. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also too, you guys shot, shot this uh, in Austria. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of weather conditions involved here, and there's some really, really stunning uh, camera work uh, throughout the entire film, as there was in the original film. Can you talk about the conditions of uh, shooting on location? Uh, super easy. Yeah. Super easy. Nice. Uh, <laughs> the debris to stand on an active mountain with, with skiers whisking by who uh, who uh, um, probably don't care that you're making a movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, it, the benefit was we had an amazing backdrop and then, you know, we shot everything pretty practically, uh, on, our, on we were on, we were on a gondola, you know, rode it for seven hours in fact with a quick pee break. And, um, and so we couldn't shut things down. So it was sort of like NASCAR land where we would run in and switch the camera, you know, move the actors and get the ski lift going again while, you know, of course, a, a large, a large mass of skiers sort of were congregating, right, waiting to get on and um, and pretty much chanting, uh, I doubt, supportive, um, sort of, you know, we love movies in German or whatever they were saying, but they were uh, eager for us to get moving. But uh, uh, that coupled with, you know, some, um, some weather that you had to sort of know three days out, you would probably, you know, know what was going to come. So you should have to be nimble with that. So it was, it was, uh, it was a challenge, but you know, uh, all in all went quite smoothly, uh, despite all that, I think. Well, that's really good to hear actually. Cause I, 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 you know, as you can imagine horror stories left and right, whenever you're dealing with the weather elements. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. really, really good to hear. And then just in regards to um, changes that you made to the screenplay, uh, story-wise rather, changes you made to the story uh, from the original, was it, was it always filtered through a certain lens of how can we improve this or make this more accessible? Or just in the writing process, what was always the thinking of any changes that came into um, you know, your adaptation process? Um, I mean, I think, you know, you know, we started with Debbie before, uh, you know, we even, you know, made those things. We know that he comes from such a place, you know, with succession. We know that, you know, he's an expert at, like, at, at things that can be uh, difficult and cringy and, and, and difficult, you know, and dramatic. And, and, uh, and, and so I think, you know, one of the things you, you didn't want to lose is that, but at the same time, you sort of have to start with the pieces that you know are going to change. And that's, First and foremost, um, two different people are playing these parts, but also American. Mm -hmm. So you sort of have to start follow uh, a little bit of uh, uh, the story that gets presented just by some of the circumstances that will change. Um, and 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 then you know with, with Zach and Rosie, it it, it it while you know obviously there's a couple you know saying uh, as far as the couple that's witnessing this this middle fight area, um, it is. You know, they, we also wanted to like preserve a theme of like, they're also not just younger versions or, or in a different place, I won't say younger versions, but a different place in their lives than Pete and Billy. And 
subsequently they have, they're not totally communicating correctly. They, they seem to be on different pages, you know, at least secretly, you know, as they share. Yeah. And so, so I think we just sort of started threading through the stuff that was going to be different based on the characters like Matt was describing that uh, Zach and Rosie um, would become and the fact that, you know, you had Julia and we wanted to really emphasize the female's journey, you know, after this happens. Um, right. And then the thing that you want to preserve is you have this beating heart in the center of the movie, which is this big sort of play like moment of, you know, who's afraid of Benjamin Wolf. I think he's always get thrown out for it, but there is something to be said for, for this long 11 page scene that is sort of the beating heart of the movie, which is, you know, the altercation yeah. and, and that's where they split up. And, and so you, you needed to protect certainly big moments like that, you know, um, and uh, in order to, feel like you were, you know, um, having fun with what it was that we we're all attracted to, you know, in the first place. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand, especially uh, in that big scene that you're referring to. The cringe comedy uh, that happens during that is just entertaining as hell in both versions. So mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Good. And then um, final question for both of you. Have either one of you been involved in a uh, – let's just say scary situation where you lost all motor function and how did you respond? Oh, man. Uh, I, I remember I, I mean, I was surfing once in California in Huntington beach and sort of had the current took me way down the beach and I was like out in the water kind of by myself and this big wave came and through the wave, you know, the, the swell came up and then, you know, the sun was sort of reflecting behind it and through it, I could see a huge sort of dark mass going through the water and it turned out to be a shark. And I oh my God. freaked out and <laughs> went to like catch the waves because I was just trying to get to shore and then stood up on my surfboard, but was so freaked out and nervous that I fell off immediately and then was like underwater kicking all my legs and arms and like freaking out and screaming. My God. Like causing more like attention to my situation. And, you know, I uh, thought that, you know, the end was near, but I freaked out and like I've never freaked out and then finally got on my board and made it to the beach and just sat there and like almost cried to myself. <laughs> uh, that was, that felt near death, even though it probably wasn't, but it felt at the time like, you know, but that's how, my reaction to it was also sort of frightening, which was just a total panic attack and complete fear and immobilization. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I had, mine would be um, not so much that I, I had a panic, but it was growing to a place where I thought, I don't know what's going to happen here. Actually, Nat was kind of present for it, but not at the moment. We were actually skiing, uh, Nat, you might remember, uh, and you had gone ahead, and I took a bad fall. Oh, I, yeah. I had popped my shoulder out in college, so every now and then it has popped out again, and it popped out as oh, I boy. Hit, the, hit, the, hit it. And I, But I went into some very deep powder, like on the side, and it's already hard to get enough footing. You know, I kept putting my foot down. I go deeper and I couldn't get my arm back in. <laughs> so I it had no support. And so I was for a while there it was that thing of thinking I'm getting deeper and deeper in the snow. 
no one's coming down the lift. I mean, no one was coming down. We were, I think it was towards the end of the day. That was way far ahead. And I luckily got it back in and was able to get, you know, uh, figure out how to get my skis, give me some leverage to get out of it. But it was that brief moment where you're like, I, what if I go, I don't know, the worst, start deep into the snow and I can't get out and I suffocate or something. Anyway, that was probably sitting there. I don't know how long. In my mind, it was, you know, 20 minutes. It was probably five. Uh, yeah, so then I skied down and told Matt I what had just happened. So. <laughs> that's pretty much that well these are examples of the kinds of situations that uh, arise in downhill it is being released by searchlight pictures this weekend february 14th it is <laughs> it's quite a date movie i think it's a litmus test movie. in many many ways for people <laughs> to test out what their relationship is actually like because yeah, at the end of the day don't we all want to leave the theater asking ourselves questions right Absolutely. so uh nat paxson jim rash directors, writers of this adaptation of Force Majeure. Thank you guys so, so much for joining me today for a few minutes to talk about Downhill. And you guys, uh, yeah, best of luck with everything else that you guys have going on. Thank Great. you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Take care. Take care. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with the writers and directors of the new film Downhill, Napaxon and Jim Rash, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.